This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. John chapter 14 is where we will begin in the scriptures. We're looking at the conditions for answered prayer. This comes to us from the Gospels, but especially the book of Acts. We've been using Acts 2.42 as the passage to help us be reminded, what was it that caused the early church to be so powerful and effective for the Lord? We know that they were spirit-controlled. That's what spirit-filled means. Not somebody getting more of the Holy Spirit. Uh, That is false, charismatic teaching. That's not what that means. Uh, In fact, it means the Holy Spirit gets more of us when we yield control of ourselves to Him. But they were spirit-controlled, and then they gave themselves steadfastly, constantly. They were focused on the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayer. And those things were all mixed together. And as we've been working through the book of Acts, we see them praying constantly. But what they were doing in their praying was applying what the Lord Jesus had taught those disciples before he ascended back to heaven. And so looking at that truth, our study is considered three unchanging conditions for answer prayer. Jesus taught these that we ought to pray persistently. We ought to pray unanimously and in faith believing. And if you missed any of those messages, get back on our website and go back and listen to those podcasts uh, because all of that is important. It's it's, uh, all what God wants us to be practicing uh, for answered prayer. And then we, uh, again, noticed last time in faith believing We have no reason not to trust God and what he has said on our behalf for prayer. The early church was preoccupied, continued steadfastly with prayer, and they modeled what the Lord had taught in these areas. Now, ultimately, the power in your praying rests in Jesus' name. Rests in Jesus' name. His name grants you a hearing. And is your authorization to go before God since your acceptance is in Christ. It's through Him. So our power comes not by our persuasiveness <laughs> convincing God. No. Uh, I'm so thankful. He's so powerful. He knows what we need before we even ask. And by the way, we don't know how to ask as we should apart from what the Lord has said in his word. But, but even when I struggle with the request, the Holy Spirit, who is my comforter and, and, and fulfills a number of things in, in my sanctification and, and helping me walk with God, bring truth to my mind, the scripture tells me he even prays for me, with me, in those areas that I, I don't know how to pray. Uh, again, theologians, have, some have referred to it as God speak. Does the Godhead know how to talk to the Godhead? Perfectly. And I'm so thankful when I struggle to pray, the Holy Spirit is praying for me with groanings that cannot be uttered by man. All right, that's how great 
our God is. But, but we pray in Jesus' name, our authorization, our acceptance. Now, prayer in the name of Christ has power with God. God is well pleased with his son, Jesus Christ. He stated that during the Lord's earthly ministry. He hears him, you may even want to underline this, always. Did Jesus ever utter a prayer that the Father did not hear? Let me take it a step further. Did the, did the Savior ever utter a prayer that the Father did not answer? Well, we want to be careful with that one because there was one. Let this cup pass from me. Aren't you glad God didn't answer that prayer? Nevertheless, not my will, and then the Lord did answer this, not my will, but thine be done. Okay, so he always hears him. And he also always hears the prayer that is really in his name. All right, so, and according, I'm quoting R.A. Torrey here. So there is a fragrance in the name of Christ that makes acceptable to God every prayer that bears it. It ought to encourage your heart when you finish praying and you say, in Jesus' name. Again, authorization, acceptance. How are we accepted in the beloved? Well, it's because of our Savior. Nothing in my hand I bring, simply to thy cross I cling. And it's the work of Christ on my behalf that allows me to go to the Father in Jesus' name. All right, so let's look at this precept uh, together tonight. Six times in John's gospel, the Lord taught the disciples to pray in his name. John 14, look down at verse 13. You can count these if you want. Whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If ye shall ask anything, go over to chapter 15 and look at verse 16. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain. What is the fruit? Here it is, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. So the fruit is our asking, and it is, don't miss this, what we are asking in his name. That's the fruit. I love the fact that as a Christian, my, my body's going to get older. It can fail. But I've told some of our senior adults this. If you're flat on your back and all you can do is talk to God, you can bear fruit. Yeah. And by the way, if, if you're flat on your back and there's nothing else you can do, but the fact you're still here means God's not done with you. Keep praying. That's where the fruit bearing comes from. All right, look over at chapter 16 now in verses 23 and 24. And in that day ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he will give it you. Are you seeing repeated themes here? Hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. 
down to verse 26. At that day ye shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. Okay? So again, six mentions, praying in Jesus' name. I would remind us that in the day that the Lord is talking about, these chapters are preparing the disciples for Jesus' death and the most traumatic experience they will have experienced in their lives, including the time when they walked with Jesus. Because really, chapter 17 is where he gives that high priestly prayer, and then the Lord is going to head to the cross, and he's preparing the disciples for all of that. All right, so pray in my name. Now, it must be remembered going on here, that he was speaking to those who are saved. Speaking to the saved. Only those who have believed on his name may ask in his name. Now that's important to remember. There are frustrated religious people who do a lot of praying, and sometimes they do it in Jesus' name. And, and why am I not getting answers? Well, unless you have believed on his name, you can't pray in his name. Now, don't misunderstand. Does the Lord hear the prayer of a sinner who calls out for salvation or is asking, uh, God, reveal yourself to me. I want to know you. Uh, show me yourself. And we've seen that recently in the book of Acts. Cornelius offered up some of those prayers. And the Lord sent an angel, Cornelius, your prayers have been heard. But Cornelius was seeking God. He was not acting as though he's got a connection to God when he didn't know the Lord. What does Acts 4.12 tell us? Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. That name, 1 Timothy 2.5, there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. All right, so we're to pray in Jesus' name. Now, specifically, there are two uh, parts of praying in Jesus' name that really come to light from the scriptures, and we're going to look at those and, and then conclude tonight. Number one, Christ's name is our authorization for receiving. Our authorization for receiving. Now let me just pause for a moment and challenge you with this. We can become so familiar with truth that we start taking it for granted. Or we're really not conscious and aware of where our blessings come from. I'll give you an example. Sometimes children are raised in homes where everything they could ever want is just given to them. In those homes, are they usually just really thankful for all? No. No, they're not. In fact, we've got to train children to have thankful hearts. The same is true with being God's children. I've got all these blessings, but... I need to stop and consider where my blessings came from 
and, and how I got to where God has put me. Oh, God, I need. No, no, stop, stop. Yes, you can go boldly before the throne of God, grace and find strength to help. But understand who's on the throne and who's next to him on the throne. It's the Lord Jesus bearing scars because of my sin and yours. And he is the mediator. And I couldn't have any access to God but through him. All right? He is my authorization for receiving. Now, sitting on the throne is my father. I can cry, Abba, Father, my daddy in heaven. Oh, the sweet fellowship that I can have with him, but it always should be reverent because what I have in Christ is no doing of my own. It was never deserved. And I, I just need to really be thankful for what I have. Now let's talk about this authorization, looking at this example. Cashing a check. Again, I'm using an illustration that Tory referred to, Ari Tory said, if I go to the bank and hand in a check with my name signed to it, I ask of that bank in my name. If I have money deposited in that bank, the check will be cashed. If not, I will, it will not be. Let me just pause. How many of you ever gone to your bank and you find the resources are pretty limited? Okay, now you don't need to raise your hands. All right, yeah, I just heard somebody say, I don't go to the bank. Okay, all right, that's understandable too. All right, however, if I go to the bank with someone else's name signed to the check, ah, I am asking in his name, and it does not matter whether I have money in that bank or any other. If the person whose name is signed to the check has money there, the check will be cashed. I love taking other people's checks to the bank. Amen? But our father owns the cattle on a thousand hills, the wealth in every mine. Unlimited resources. So what's the application? Often men and women enter the bank of life purposing to make a withdrawal in their own name only to find the account empty. What's John 15 tell us? Verse 5, without me ye can do nothing. I would remind us without Christ we have nothing. It is certain we entered this life with nothing, and we're going to leave this life with nothing. Whatever good and per everything I have is the good and perfect uh, gift from God handed down by him. By contrast, the Christian can enter the presence of God, make a withdrawal from the account marked the limitless promises of God, and sign the check in Jesus' name. I'm not talking about a prosperity gospel. Okay, that we're going to reference that as we close the message tonight. That's nonsense. God didn't get promise to give you all the money you wanted. He did promise to supply your needs. And a perfect father knows what you need 
Sometimes he gives us what we want. Okay. By the way, if your heart's right with him, he keeps giving you what you want because you want what he wants. But, but the fact is I can come boldly before the throne of grace and find strength to help for every need. All right. Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by through Christ Jesus. All right, so there's, there's that wonderful name again. Here's, another, here's an Old, tel, Old Testament illustration to help us understand this concept. How many of you remember Mephibosheth in the Old Testament? All right. There are two famous friends in the Old Testament, and I, I love studying their stories, David and Jonathan. I was talking with someone recently about Jonathan, and he's one of those guys in the Bible, nothing negative is ever said. If you're in the Bible and nothing negative is said about you, that's quite a testimony. Nothing negative said. These are dear friends. Here's a loyal man who is committed to helping his best friend David be the next king of Israel. It should be his place, but it can't be because of what God has said because of what his dad did. So as a best friend, he's committed to helping his friend reach his highest potential for God. Amazing. And David, I'm going to be second unto you. Well, Jonathan dies on Mount Gilboa next to his father. Okay? But David lives. He's not even near the battlefield. And so does Jonathan's children. One of those guys is Mephibosheth. And so in 2 Samuel 9, David is meditating one day, thinking... He says, is there any that is left of the house of Saul that I may show kindness for Jonathan's sake? They say, yeah, there's his son Mephibosheth. He's a man who is lame. When news of the battle got to the, the family, a nurse picked him up and ran with his child, dropped him, made him lame for the rest of his life. What a, what a tragic event. And so... Somehow he's brought before the king and the Bible tells us he fell on his face and did reverence. Now I, I'm not quoting it here on your handout, but uh, you can see he fell on his face, uh, says to David, behold your servant. What a heart. David then says unto him, fear not for I will surely show thee kindness for Jonathan my father's uh, Thy father's sake. I loved your daddy. I'm going to take care of you. I think that rings in the ears of God when we come and we pray in Jesus' name and the father says, I love you, but I love my son. And because he paid for you, I'm going to respond to your prayer. Isn't that precious? All right, so our authorization comes from Jesus' name. Not only the authorization, but notice Christ's name is our accountability when asking. 
explanation. Uh, this is from Mark Minnick uh, in a, a preaching time I heard many years ago. He said, when we enter the Father's presence, supposedly authorized by his Son to be there and requesting things in his name, the Father will be listening to see if what we ask justifies our introducing ourselves in the name of his Son. The requests we make should affirm the authorization. They should not be a contradiction to, but a justification of my using his name. Bottom line, if you're going to ask in Jesus' name, whatever you're asking needs to be worthy of the name. Okay? Application. How can I pray for it when the Savior won't stand behind it? Or when it's not worthy of the Savior. So accordingly, we should ask for. Again, let's go back now to John chapter 14. We should ask for the works that he did. Were his works worthy? Yes or no? Were all of his works worthy? Yes or no? Everything that he did. And so we should pray in his name, and, and these will get answered, Lord, help me to do thy works. Help me to model you. Help me to strive to do what you showed us we should do. Again, John 14, 12. Verily I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. So, Lord, tomorrow night we're going to go out and we're going to try to reach families that were here for Bible school. Did Jesus ever go out and try to win people to himself? So when we go out, Lord, we're seeking to also win them to you, declaring your gospel. Lord, in Jesus' name, would you answer this? These are your works. The works that I do shall he do also, and, by the way, greater works. That's the next point. Letter B, the greater works that he did. Greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. Has it ever puzzled you that Jesus said you could do greater works than he did? Some of you are still thinking that over. I haven't raised any dead people. I haven't made the lame. To, no, stop. He did those physical things through his mighty power to gain an audience to share the news that they needed him. You and I get to share the news they need him. How many years did his earthly ministry last? Tell me, how many? Three and a half. Three, three and a half. Okay. How many of you have been saved longer than that? Don't raise your hand. How many of you have been saved decades and, been, and have had the opportunity to be fruit bearers in Jesus' name? How many of you in all those years pray, have prayed and prayed and prayed and asked God to answer prayer and you've seen answers? Jesus' ministry was limited to Palestine, right? 
I look at these pictures around the auditorium. Is our ministry limited to Chesapeake or Hampton Road? No. Here's the thing. And he indwells me. And so through the time that I know Christ and I I walk this, this path of life and dwelt by his spirit, greater works should be happening in your life and mine. Through him. Now with that said, we should be asking for that in Jesus' name. Why? He said we would do greater works. It's not boasting. It's not arrogance. It's taking him at his word. And if you go back again, verse 13, whatsoever you shall ask in my name, the works that I do, the greater works, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Greater works. Notice underneath letter B, I should not ask for what he did not authorize, but I should not be faithless to ask for anything less. Amen? All right. I can tell wheels are spinning in here. In our minds. Okay. But that's, that's the reality. We'll ask in Jesus' name. Let her see the fruit he has promised. Okay, so our accountability, but our accountability should cause us in Jesus' name to pray for the fruit that he promised. John 15, 16, again, ye have not chosen me, I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he may give it you. There are going to be Christians that get to heaven and there will be no reward for any fruit. But here's what that betrays. They lived a life that was prayerless. They weren't asking in Jesus' name. What is the fruit that the Lord promised? He would bear through us. Here it is. There's your blank. Answered prayer. So let's close. These are thoughts from Aaron Berry, and you can see uh, down below his blog, Pursuing the Pursuer. I like that. But he, here are his thoughts, and then I quote him directly. Praying in, G, in uh, Jesus' name is misused by those who profess to know him. True statement or not, what do you think? Yeah. Okay. It can be an empty repetition. Parents, if you hear your children, your grandchildren, pray a quick prayer and in Jesus' name, amen. Whoa, 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 stop. Slow down. Whose name did you just pray in? Jesus' name. Do we become careless and use his name in vain, yes or no? In an empty way? Absolutely. Don't do it. You and I shouldn't do it. We should encourage our young people not to do it. It can be an empty repetition. It can be used by prosperity preachers, fraudulent faith healers, and a foolish attempt to force their will on God. But you said in Jesus' name, we've got to take... Stop. Is what you're asking worthy of him? Or is James talk, uh, talking about, are you just trying to consume it on your own sinful passions? So here's what Barry says. 
Praying in Jesus' name is far deeper and far more beautiful than the cheap version we hear so often. And then he says this, ultimately, praying in Jesus' name is the acknowledgement of his intercession and submission to his will. So let's pray in faith, believing, but we're, we're told to pray in Jesus' name. And when we pray in Jesus' name, it's, it's like a governor on the prayer engine to keep our perspective right, to help us pray in a way that is not only authorized by him, but keeps us accountable to him that we're praying in a way that is worthy of him. I, I'll just share this testimony. I heard these truths years ago. And honestly, in that message, God used the message to help me <laughs> to have, have just a weight on my mind and my heart, uh, as well as encouragement when I close the prayer and I pray in Jesus' name. And that's what I believe God intends for us to be prayerful, but thinking as we're prayerful, who is it that we're gaining access to the Father through? It's our Lord as we call on His name. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, you can visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened, and we want to encourage you to share this message with others. May the truth of God's word be your guide as you strive to follow Christ and make him known to others.